0: Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 12 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbonis, and I am joined by my partner, as always, Bob Lucius. Bob, what's shaking?
1: Oh, man, it's going to be a great night, Rick. You know, we are, we are going in the way, way, way back machine tonight, so I'm super excited about uh, tonight's arc.
0: Yeah, we're going to go way back because uh, prior to Captain America getting his own series, you know, he started, everybody kind of was like, why didn't Captain America start with number one uh, when he came back into the Silver Age, you know, post Avengers number four? Why did he start with 100? Well, the reason was because uh, that was a continuation from the series called Tales of Suspense. So Tales of Suspense, Um, first came out in january 1st 1959 Uh, and it was a had a bunch of mysteries and horror and uh, sci-fi stories Uh, but then something happened bob in in march of 63 well that was the cover day i'm going to say it was actually in december of 62 when it hit the stands tales of suspense number 39 came out and guess who that the introduction of that was who was that? Who is it, Rick? That would be one Tony Stark, Iron Man.
1: Just, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and
0: and Iron Man was a huge hit. Um, it, it basically he st- ended up starring in that series. Uh, he was on the cover of every uh, issue, um, and then I think it was in issue fifty three. It became Tales of Suspense featuring the power of Iron Man, and then um, in issue fifty eight. Uh, they uh, had the first Captain America in uh, in that issue, where Cap and, and Iron Man fight, and then they decided with issue fifty nine they're going to split the, the the stories and have it being featuring Iron Man and Captain America. So that uh, that basically went on from fifty nine to ninety nine, and they kind of went back and forth, having uh, if there wasn't a um, uh, a cover where they were both on, uh, where they kind of showed. Um, you know, here's Iron Man's story, here's Captain America's story, they actually would start to, you know, flip back and forth um, the different uh, Captain America, you know, by himself on the cover, Iron Man by himself on the cover, and they'd alternate back and forth, starting with, I think it was issue 70. Um, so yeah, we thought we'd get into Tales of Suspense, but, you know, I I, I want to take a, a break here for a second and kind of go back to um, a few episodes ago with episode nine, we did the top 10 Captain America villains not named Red Skull, and we've been getting some pretty good feedback. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, uh, some different messages and things like that. And then also uh, in the Captain America comic book fans Facebook page, we've uh, gotten a lot of responses as well. And uh, one of them, uh, uh, one person who replied, uh, one of the, the members of the group, uh, his name is Phil Ryan. And he said, uh, great episode." just discovered the podcast. And I have to say, I absolutely love it. Absolutely in all caps. So, uh, he went on to say he agreed with it. And, um, he said, I especially liked how you left red skull off the list from the very beginning. And then he put in parentheses, good job. And also not including team villains. So, um, so thanks. Thanks, Phil. We appreciate the feedback and, uh, yeah, we kind of felt the same way. Um, but you know what happened, Bob? I got another message. Someone called in, and they um, they didn't necessarily agree. In fact, they um, they they think they should have been on the list. Oh, I, I gotta hear this
1: one, Rick. I mean, I think we pretty much nailed it. I can't imagine who would who would have been left off the list.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's the person calling in. Nine 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 nine. You filthy American podcasting swine! You
1: dare to make the podcast about Captain America and his villains, and you totally ignore the Red Skull! How dare you! This will not stand! Where where is my cosmic cube? I will... you should not even do a podcast about Captain America at all. You should make every episode about the Red Skull. The Hustenfeffer. The, 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 I be Berliner. Ah, the, who? I was afraid that was going to happen. <laughs> 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 well,
0: well, hmm. Somebody was a little upset. Yeah. Uh. <sighs>
1: Didn't, I'm not sure he left his name, but uh, yeah, he did sound upset.
0: Yes. Yeah. So um, that was actually our, our good friend, John Waller Sewell, uh, calling in uh, and, and leaving uh, the voice message uh, from the Red Skull. And if you, if you uh, want to check out John, uh, he actually does a, a, a comic book series uh, called Beautiful, Silly, and Terrible Things. So you could check that out. Okay. Well, you know, since we've got an upset Red Skull, maybe we don't start with Tales of Suspense fifty-eight like we wanted to. Um, what do you think, Bob? You think we 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 do a red skull story instead?
1: Yeah, I gotta I gotta say maybe we we gotta we gotta give a little love to the skull, man.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're one of those Captain America writers you know, that, that comes new onto the Captain America series. And, uh, you know, we have these, these great ideas of things that we want to do and, you know, we, we start with that, but inevitably uh, we got to do a Red Skull story.
1: It's got got to come back to the skull. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure every Captain America writer, you know, with who's been on this, this, the series for any, length of time like let's say a year they eventually they're like all right i'm gonna do a red skull story
1: yeah and i i gotta tell you i think the fans you know the fans expect it i mean the red skull is the red skull he hasn't been around this long for nothing
0: yeah well you know so we'll let's do this let's do tales of suspense 79 80 and 81 so these these are uh i think important issues from from this story because this is the first red skull in modern time, right? Because the previous red skull stories and tales of suspense, they were kind of like flashbacks to World War II. But now, now we've got red skull in modern time. And on top of that, we got the Cosmic Cube, right? So, uh, I think that that's what we'll do. We'll start there.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of goodness in this uh, in this arc, so uh, let's let's dive in.
0: All right. So in issue 79, we have uh, the writer, of course, during this time is Stan Lee uh, and the penciler for at least the uh, by the way, we're only going to cover the Captain America stories. Right. Because, hey, it's not the Iron Man podcast. So we're, we're just going to do the Captain America one. So the story in 79 is called The Red Skull Lives. And the writer, as I mentioned, is Stan Lee. Penciler, of course, the king Jack Kirby, and then we have as the inker is Frank Giacoya. Uh, the letterer is Artie Semick, and I'm not sure who the colorist is. But um, so that's the the team there. And when you go when you look at the the Red Skull lives, uh, the, um, the, the 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 Artie does a great job here uh, on lettering because uh, the. The words "the" and "lives" have kind of like almost like that Thor logo look, you know, with the jagged edges of the letters, but the red skull is almost like in this shocking um, uh, font, and it's of course in this you know really jagged white starburst. So, um, so right there, you know, this is an exciting story, and what we uh, we see here is Cap in all his Kirby glory is, uh, spread out, jumping, leaping into a battle with, um, these, these soldiers that, uh, they're dressed in these, uh, yellow jumpsuits. Maybe they're, I don't know, friends with the machinesmith and they, uh, they have, uh, green boots and green gloves and a green helmet and green trunks and, uh, green suspenders. And, uh, you know, they, they've got their, these uh, really futuristic kirby-esque type of uh, outfits on with their futuristic type of weapons and in the thought bubble cap says costume assassins in the heart of new york attacking a vital power station and no one even notices them has the city gone mad and the the first guy says look out it's captain america just as we expected and uh, Cap's hitting one and it says wonk and uh, the gun goes off and says crack. So it's a really cool looking splash page, right? So we get to the next page and Cap's thinking, I've got to stop them quickly. If they start shooting with all these passerbys around, someone's sure to be hurt. And he he has this, uh, he's almost like knocking them all over with one, with one punch and one tumble uh, with these really cool speed lines coming from uh, from kirby and then he tumbles and uh and there's a guy who uh has a gun pulled on his back he says a brave attempt captain america too bad it'll be your last and steve thinks, danger behind me as he's kicking one guy over he then ducks and just as the guy's firing and, and uh, hits the wall behind him patak He says, I congratulate you. Your reflexes are as dazzlingly swift as your defeat shall be. And then we cut away. And there's a a police officer who's directing traffic in a really busy uh, intersection. And it says, a scant few yards away. Funny, I could have sworn I heard a shot. Say, that looks like Captain America. I better see what's going on. So he's running over and he's yelling at Cap, who's getting up off the ground. And and the other uh, soldiers are all dispersing, running away. And he says, what's wrong, Cap? Did you, did you fire that shot? I didn't know you carried a gun. No, it wasn't me. It was one of them. Glad you're here, officer. Between the two of us, we should be able to round them all up. Huh? Round up all of who? And Cap's pointing at them, but the police officer is holding back his, his arm. And he says, hold it now. Before we go running off on a wild goose chase, you better tell me what you're after. Those costume men running away. Let go of my arm. Don't you want them to? Do you want them to escape? Costume men? What costume men? Hurry, our solar energy escape ship is descending for us. You mean to say you don't see a bunch of men in strange uniforms racing down the street away from us? The only ones kind of a costume I see around here is you, mister. And I better hang on to you till you start making sense. Look. While we're wasting time talking, they're escaping in that airborne ship that just landed. What is this? What is this? Cap? Some, some kind of gag or something? There it is, right in front of you, right in front of everybody. Surely somebody else must see it. And the crowd's all there. And and, and sure enough, you know, we see a, a, a little spacecraft, and these six guys are now in this little globe. And uh, the people in the crowd are like, see what? And, um, <laughs> they start talking it must be some sort of publicity stunt honey we'll probably find out we're on candid camera all right now i know most of our listeners are are guys like our age roughly our age so we all know candid camera but for those of you who are younger whippersnappers uh candid camera uh, bob do you want to tell them a little bit about the show
1: yeah, Rick, i I think I am. Uh, I am supremely uh, qualified to do that because I was on candid camera once.
0: What? No way! Yeah, I didn't no, it's know true. This.
1: It's true. In Monterey, California, I uh, I went into a restaurant once by myself uh, one afternoon, and I tried to get a, a, a table, and um, and they told me that I would have to uh, phone in my reservation. And I said, "But I'm right here." And he said, "Well, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's 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 our <laughs> rules. And you'll have to go out to the payphone outside and phone in your reservation." And you know, long story short, you know, it, it became it was a little bit of a heated discussion until the producer came out and told me that. In fact, they were filming this episode of Candid Camera, and uh, and I had failed to to make the cut because I wasn't funny enough. But uh, the Candid Camera, yeah, was an old show hosted by Alan Funt, and of course, the episode that I was in the running for was hosted by his son, Alan Funt Jr. And uh, it was, you know, basically Alan Funt playing pranks on uh, your average citizen and uh, trying to get them flustered on, uh, on camera. And uh, that was always good for a laugh. So uh, it was a great show back in the day. And, uh, and clearly that's what they're referencing.
0: What, what, now? what year was this that you, oh. that you, uh, you got recorded?
1: Yeah, that was uh, that probably had to have been actually, it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe 20, 20 years ago oh yeah, wow 20 years ago
0: so it wow. was uh, it was on
1: cable by then and again hosted by uh by the originator's son
0: so huh well yeah. there you go and listen folks we did not rehearse that that uh that I, that's news to me just like it is to you that uh our bob lucius was almost on candy camera
1: almost on tv
0: yeah <laughs> all right so getting back here so so caps he's like I was wrong. Not a person in the street saw what I did. They, they must think I'm mad. And, and sure enough, uh, the way Jack draws the crowd, uh, they're all kind of looking at him suspiciously, kind of smirking. And um, uh, someone says, whoever thought the great CA would lose his marbles. Hey, Harry, what do you figured happened to Captain America? And he's like, they're walking away from me as if I'm some sort of rant- ranting fanatic. So the the police officer says, look, Cap, as far as I know, you haven't done any harm, so why don't you just run along home and get some sleep, or better still, maybe you ought to go see your doctor. Nobody believes me. Nobody. And Cap looks all distressed and worried. But we cut to the spaceship flying away, where these, uh, looks like five uh, soldiers are all, huddled around uh, this this uh, little globe inside a bigger globe um and they're sh- you're going across the 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 countryside here and it says meanwhile actually i'm going to you know, i'm going to go back to i'm gonna, meanwhile back at the hall of justice no i'm not going to do that voice all right so we have um meanwhile with their e- engines uh, Converting solar energy into raw driving power, the costume men make good their escape, traveling at breathtaking speed. And again, we have a lot of, um, well, uh, a lot of action lines to to show their speed. And as they say, it worked perfectly, just as the Supreme Leader said it would. Indeed, it only required one hypno helmet to mesmerize the entire crowd. So now we cut over to these two gentlemen inside a base, uh looks like they're celebrating, right? One guy's got a cigar and the other guy's got, looks like a um, some sort of martini glass. And uh, the guy with the martini glass says, um, oh, I'm sorry. And it says, and as the solar ship hurdles through the skies, and the guy with the martini glass says, our attack force was just radioed their news that their mission was a complete success. Captain America will soon be eliminated, Horst. And Horst says, Ah, uh, if only my own hands could achieve that glorious triumph, Wolfgang. Actun, And they, these guys all said in turn, the Supreme Leader. Uh, forgive us, Excellency. We did not hear your approach. And then we see him, Bob. We see him. It's the Red Skull. And he's wearing uh, a green bathrobe.
1: I, I think I, you know. I think the technical term is a smoking jacket. Here is right?
0: that what it is? Right. <laughs> really? Because uh, I I've also heard referred to it as a dressing gown. Okay, yeah. perhaps. Yes. Um. Uh. Or as Jim Gaffigan likes to say, "Uh, oh, look, someone made a shirt out of a of a towel." <laughs> <laughs> um. So Red Skull says, "Naturally." none hear the red skull unless I wish them to. Now, stand at attention. And of course, they both snap too, right? I wish to inspect my two loyal aides. Horst, you need a shave. It is intolerable. My apologies excellently. I shall attend to it at once. First, a light. And he stands there with a his uh, classic cigarette in his long, skinny uh, cigarette holder. And with his arms behind his back, as if, like, attend to me. And he says, I assume the mission has been successfully carried out. As well as planned, Captain America's doom is sealed. And then Red Skull has a close-up here, and he's blowing uh, uh, rings with his smoke, right? Do not become overconfident. That shield-carrying swine has escaped too many traps in the past, and yet I am far wiser now. After all these years, this time the victory must be mine. And then we go into a little bit of a flashback here. And uh, it looks like uh, during uh, World War II. And Skull says, how well I remember our last encounter during the final days of Berlin, when the sky was thick with Allied bombers. And then we switch to Cap and Red Skull fighting each other as the, the, the rooms caving in around them. Far beneath the city streets, we faced each other in mortal combat in a cold, silent, hidden bunker. And then, sure enough, the, the, the roof comes down and there's this huge uh, uh, graphic here. It says, room, uh, with a W. And uh, before a decision could be reached, fate ended the battle for us as a giant blockbuster bomb caused the bunker's collapse, separating us with a deafening explosion. The rest, as you know, is history. Support pillars crisscrossed above me, saved me from the tons of rubble overhead. And the experimental gas, which was then released, kept me alive for years in suspended animation until... You know, that kind of sounds like, Bob, the gas in uh, suspended... It almost sounds like a, like a Buck Rogers, right?
1: It does, actually, yeah. And, you know, this... Uh, I, I, I... We should tell the uh, listeners if they're not familiar that this this actual story took place in issue seventy two, um, when Cap uh, sort of is telling the story about his last meeting with Red Skull. So um, it wasn't that that long ago. It seems almost like this should come out of a gold. Uh, this should come out of a golden age story, but in fact, it's 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 a relatively recent uh, narrative uh, tale.
0: So when you say seventy two, are you talking about? tales of suspense 72 i am oh okay i i haven't read it um so then uh, you see off panel someone saying look just ahead it's the red skull we found him and then skull goes on to say the two of you have been trapped in the next bunker by the same explosion and the gas had saved your lives too So it was that the three of us were brought to safety by a search team sent by the group called them. When they revived us, I realized that their objectives were not much different than my own. So I agreed to join forces with them. It is agreed then. I shall offer you my cooperation. But always remember the Red Skull is his own master now and forever. And in, in it looks like these uh, guys in their yellow jumpsuits, but of course they have the little, the little beehive helmet on, right? And they say, good, the Grand Imperator shall be pleased by your decision. So now we're in present time. He's done with the flashback and they're walking uh, two paces behind Red Skull in this really, really, you know, fancy looking uh, place that they're in. And uh, Horst says, since we've been working for them, we've lived in the lap of luxury, Fool! The Red Skull has ever lived in such a manner. I shall cooperate with them as long as it serves my own purposes, and not an instant longer. Where do we go now, Ex- Excellency? Do you have a do You have a feeling,
1: Rick, that like you can never say anything around the Red Skull without him having some sort of biting retort.
0: Yes, uh, he has to always prove that he is the superior. Yeah, whether by his words or by his actions, or his body language, whatever it is. So he goes on to say, I wish to inspect my newest hypno-helmet. How simple, yet how foolproof. Here in the palm of my hands, I hold the eventual doom of Captain America. And Horse says, ah, it cannot come too soon to suit me. So then Cap's back at his place, and he's looking in the mirror, and again, he's, he's a little disturbed, right? He's, um, He says, can it Can it be that I'm actually losing my mind? And he's talking with, uh, uh, looks like a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist says, not necessarily. You might have merely experienced an hallucination brought on by overwork and too much anxiety. Now, suppose you lie down and speak freely of anything that comes into your mind. And Cap says, but it might take you months to psychoanalyze me. I can't spare the time. Couldn't you just test my vision, my hearing? I'm convinced there's nothing wrong with your senses. We must seek the answer elsewhere. And then busting in through the door is one of those guys in the yellow jumpsuits and the red, I mean, I'm sorry, the green helmets, and, and he's aiming a gun right at Cap, and he says, why not seek it here? And there's a loud crack as he's firing. However, the um, the psychiatrist is there just kind of taking his glasses off, looking at his notes. He doesn't look you know um at all phased by this and he says now then the sooner we begin the sooner we'll get to the root of this and cap's like doc turn around there's another one he just fired at me you must have heard the shot you must be able to see him now this will prove i'm not imagining things and there's a he's throwing his shield knocking the gun out and it's ricocheting and the doctor turns around with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth because you know it was 1966 and he says what on earth?" crash and he jumps out the window he's escaping but I don't care at least I know I'm not mad I saw him I heard him I touched him he was real he was here there can't be any doubt of it now even if the doctor says he didn't see him I know he was here and the doctor says you're even sicker than I thought what have you done why did you wreck my office it wasn't me doc it was just it wasn't just an hallucination like you said remember wait, don't go. You're in a bad way. You, you need treatment. You need help. I realize now that you're right. And I'm going to, to the one place where I can find that help. And even as Cap races off into the night, we see that uh, Horst, or I'm not sure it's actually not Horst. I, I, I think that is Horst. Yes. Yeah, that is Horst. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, Red Skull says to Horst, phases one and two have been completed. Now we are ready for phase three, the final destruction of Captain America. You must ex- execute your orders perfectly, Horst. There could be not the slightest margin for error. I shall not fail you, Excellency. And he rides off onto this really Kirby-esque looking sky cycle. Uh, yeah, it's really cool.
1: I, I, you know, uh, Rick, I, I got to make two comments here. One is, uh, I notice Horst has not yet shaven. Mm. So, uh, you know serious serious uh bad form around the red skull. Um, yeah. red skull was pretty clear about that and the second thing is why is it that every red skull plan has to have three phases
0: well that's a great question you know he he is very um uh, articulate and he does uh he does everything with a uh, serious purpose um uh, so you know, he probably, uh, maybe he's one of those people uh, who likes to write down lists and, and cross things <laughs> off. You know, he gets satisfaction out of that. Um, you know, and quite frankly, maybe he he actually already did phase two, but, you know, he, he did phase one, so he wants to go back and cross it off. I don't know, Bob. I, <laughs> the this multi-phase plan, it just seems to me, these multi-phase
1: plans, there's more things that could go wrong.
0: That's true.
1: Like, let's go for crying out loud, man.
0: Oh. So uh, Red Skull says to Horst, uh, who's not very clean-shaven, much to your point, he says, uh, so long as you wear your hypno-helmet, you can accomplish anything. But this time you are to hypnotize Captain America as well as the others. I understand. And when he wakes up, he will be accused of murder. Correct. And it shall be the murder you have committed. Of all my many plans, my many, many many faceted plans, the ones with all the different steps that I have. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is truly the most diabolically perfect. Farewell, Captain America. The final triumph belongs to me after all. Swoosh. And he goes off on a sky cycle. While in the headquarters of the still another secret organization, tense voices speak guardedly behind locked doors. And what's the locked door say? Advanced idea Mechanics. Aim. In case you weren't clear on that, they they put AIM in red. The Grand Imperator will be highly pleased. Yes, the Red Skull is certain to destroy Captain America with our Hypno-Helmets. As for you, Count Royal, it will be your duty to ensure that Colonel Fury, the Director of S.H.I.E.L.D., will never interfere with us again. I have never failed yet. Is that not so? tell me before I go, what is within that ionic shell? And it says here, to see how Count Royal makes out, don't miss Strange Tales 146 on sale now. So uh, they, uh, they're they actually setting up a story here for you to go somewhere else. And yeah. of course, all of us mar- Marvel zombies uh, to say, say, of course, I got to go get that issue.
1: Yeah. Spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for Colonel Royale.
0: Oh, no. So uh, the them member answers well now they're uh that them is no longer them they're now referred to as aim so that's uh, another first and also another big first right here is the cosmic cube so he says it's enough to stagger the imagination of a wizard we call it a cosmic cube and it well may be the most potent device in all the world you must guard it well If it should ever fall into the hands of a madman like the Red Skull, hold your tongue, Royale. Such matters for us to consider. The Red Skull serves the Grand Imperator, as do we all. You have your mission. Perform it. So back uh, in town, uh, Cap's standing on the corner and he's holding a uh, newspaper. It's the Daily Bugle. And uh, the headline says, Captain America Causes Near Riot in Street. Story on page two. So Cap's uh, looking around, and people are kind of looking at him, and they're all kind of a little nervous, I guess. They uh, they read the Daily Bugle. And uh, he says, I don't, Are he's thinking to himself, I don't usually wander around town in costume, but today I must. They stare at me as though, as though I'm about to run amok. And one guy comes up to him. Excuse me, sir, may I speak with you? Well, it's good to find one man who doesn't look at me as though I'm an ogre. Ogre indeed. I remember seeing you in combat during World War Two. I'll never forget you, Cap. You were an inspiration to us all. And uh, sure enough, one of the, uh, the bad guys in the yellow and green jumpsuit, he's over here and he says, I have my helmet beamed to full intensity. This time, even the accursed Captain America will not be aware of my presence. And as he's coming up closer, the man continues to talk with him. He says, and now my son is in the service in Vietnam. It would mean a lot to me if I could send him your autograph, Cap. Of course, I'll be glad to do it. Were you in the ETO yourself? Yes, I served in Europe as well as the Pacific. It was on the beach at Anzio that I saw you in action. And, and Bob, this guy's unbeknownst just creeping up and he's got his gun like inches from Cap's face. And he thinks to himself, I could finish off the costume swine here and now, but I must operate according to plan. Therefore, it is this innocent fool who shall be my victim. And he turns and um, points the gun at this man's Face and, and Cap hands him back uh, the autographed piece. And the villain says, the Red Skull will reward me most handsomely for this moment's work. When I am done, I merely leave the gun in Captain America's hand and depart before this mesmerism wears off. But then, without warning, the world seems to explode all at once. woom And, and the, the guy goes down, dropping his gun. And it was Cap and he's got his shield, and he hits him again. It's over, assassin. I got you. I knew if I showed myself long enough, you were sure to strike again. And now, without your helmet on your head, you have no hypnotic influence over anyone. How? How did you find out? How? Uh, The Red Skull swore. His plan couldn't fail. He swore it. The Red Skull? You said the Red Skull. Then he's alive. He's the one behind all this. My oldest enemy the most dangerous menace to freedom and democracy that the world has ever known, then this must be why fate has spared me so long. It's my destiny to battle him, to stand between the Red Skull and free men everywhere. This is how he achieved his hypnotic effects. The helmet which his men wore, they emit subsonic frequency waves controlled by the wearer. But once I get this safely into the hands of S.H.I.E.L.D., It won't take them long to create a defense against any such device in the future. These dedicated scientific experiments can work seemingly miracles. Each and every one was personally trained by Tony Stark himself. And Cap uh, pulls off the A off off his uh, his mask and shows that it was um, some sort of gizmo all along. And he says, if they, it was they who hid a printed circuit beneath the A of my head mask, a circuit which would jam any hypnotic waves in the area but this was merely the first skirmish in what may well be the most desperate battle of my life the battle against the red skull dun, yeah. dun, dun. Next now issue.
1: yeah you know well, hold on though rick i gotta you know i gotta get props to horst you know because he 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 got he got uh he got beat up pretty good there by cap and uh you know we won't see Horst again for quite some time, but he will pop up again in in Captain America two ninety four many many years hence as a, as an old man still in the service of uh, of the Red Skull, and uh, I don't want to uh, tell you what happens to Horst, but uh, definitely worth checking out.
0: You know that's 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 cool that you point that out. I didn't know that. Um... You know, an issue 294 was written by Jim, J. M. DeMatteis, and it's always cool when um, when writers come back and they they you know they're they're fans of the older work too, right? And they 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 want to do their research, their due diligence, and they go back to older issues and, and find characters, um, the ones that have just fallen by the wayside that we haven't heard from, right? So uh, that's cool. Well, horse horse makes a comeback many many years later. Got your happy price, price line. All right, so here we are. Issue 80 of Tales of Suspense featuring Iron Man and Captain America. And Bob, I got to mention the cover. This one, like I said before, they go back and forth. Iron Man, Cap, Iron Man. So, so of this three-part story, this is the only one that has a Captain America cover. So it's the only one we're really going to talk about. But what a cover. This is an iconic cover that goes down as an all-time great when it comes to not only Captain America covers not only covers that feature the red skull but just classic Marvel covers
1: yeah no you're absolutely right I mean I got this is one of the few covers that I actually display in my office uh, and I have an Italian version of this too that I, I absolutely love as well uh, just because it says Capitan America and uh, I mean, you're right this is a seminal cover and much beloved
0: yeah. Yeah, and it's it's done by by Jack Kirby, of course, and inked by Don Heck, uh, and colors by Stan Goldberg, letters by Sam Rosen. So that is the, uh, the 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 team on this classic cover, and it's it's the Red Skull standing in his grassy field, uh, holding in his right hand stretched high a cube and from there all this energy that's crackling and uh he he looks triumphant and captain america is looks uh defeated right he's on his right knee um and he he's got his right arm up almost to like shield himself you know from from what's going on and uh like you said he who holds the cosmic cube it's uh it's a stunning cover all right. And much like the last episode, the, uh, the title within on the splash page, uh, He Who Holds The, is done in that Thor type of uh, lettering, right, with the jagged tips. And then Cosmic Cube is, is done in this kind of shocking type of uh, font to, uh, once again, in this jagged starburst. Almost like and it's
1: vibrating, Rick.
0: It does. It really can does. Can you feel it? I can feel it there's a yeah there's a crackle of energy and uh so cap looks up uh in this splash page and he says an explosion directly above me it was high altitude plane heading right this way but wait what's that and i just want to point out um it's the the almost the same creative team right we have stan lee writing jack kirby penciling Artie simic on lettering um but uh, we have a different uh, anchor this time so we have don heck uh, and uh, the caption here on his way to police headquarters where the red skulls assassins are being held for questioning after their capture captain america swiftly leaping from rooftop to rooftop suddenly gazes upward as a blinding flame burst fills the sky and there is there's a big explosion and uh, cap kind of spells it out he says an escape capsule the pilot managed to eject himself it's falling to earth he must still be alive inside, but everything depends on how he lands. He's able to control its direction. He overshot the rooftops. Now he's heading for the river, but he may be injured or unable to get out in time. I've got to go after him. And this this one particular panel is classic Kirby, uh, as he's leaping, right, uh, with just uh, you know a bunch of action. Um, it's a really cool. Uh, leap to the to the right and he says and if he hasn't taken from the capsule he'll suffocate in there there he goes about to splash down only one way one way to reach him i'll land in that water tower below and spring out using it as a diving platform so he he dives into the water um luck is with me i cleared the pier by inches there's the capsule just ahead strange it doesn't have the markings of any military unit whose can it be and then what what we can see but cap can at the bottom of it It has the initials A-I-M, and then he does see it, and he says, AIM, I've heard of that before, it stands for Advanced Idea Mechanics, but time enough for that later, I've got to pry that capsule open. If I use my shield as a lever, I can, and he's still alive, I could just get him to the surface in time, he must have been testing one of AIM's new prototype aircrafts and something went wrong. So he's out of the water and he's climbing up on the pier. And there's a police officer there, and a, a stander by, as Cap's coming up the ladder, holding the AIM agent in his hand. And uh, Cap thinks to himself. He keeps mumbling the same meaningless phrase over and over again. And and what he's saying is, stop him. He must be stopped before it's too late. He must be stopped. And the police officer says, he's delirious. I'll call for an ambulance. He must be stopped now. Every minute counts. Cap says, "Who, who must be stopped, and and from doing what? The keeper of the cosmic cube. He's, he's bring it, bring it to him. You're not making sense, Mister. What is the cosmic cube? Who is it being brought to? The cosmic cube, deadly. It's the ultimate weapon. It was AIM's supreme achievement. In the wrong hands, it could mean the end of all mankind. And now, the cube's keeper has turned against us. He's taking it to, to." To whom? Speak, man. Speak. He, we thought he'd serve us, but, but we were betrayed by him, by the Red Skull. The Red Skull. He struck. At last. And at that very moment, in the heavily guarded mansion, wherein Cap's deadliest foe controls his worldwide network of espionage and crime, he must not be stopped. I must have the Cosmic Cube. Everything depends upon it. Everything. Let me at the electronic panel. I'll override the Keeper's controls and blast the second plane myself. I did it. The Cosmic Cube is good as mine now. Ah, the accursed pilot of AIM ejected himself safely, but he cannot stop the Keeper from reaching me. Once again, the Red Skull is triumphant. Those pathetic fools, they dared to hope the Red Skull would serve AIM, I, whom the Prince of Villainy serve none. And now, once the Cosmic Cube is mine, all oh, that live will pay me homage, and he looks a little crazy. He's got that little uh, one eye bigger than the other eye, and the mouth open kind of maniacal laugh.
1: Yeah, he uh, Red Skull definitely. Uh, he, he's got that that look about him, like he's uh, he's not somebody you want to trust with your baby.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's putting it mildly. <laughs> Uh, and here's a point of, of not being able to trust. So he, he grabs uh, Wolfgang's hand and he shakes it. And he looks very pleased. He says, nor shall I forget how faithfully and well you have served me, Wolfgang. Thank you, your supremacy. But long have I wondered about one strange thing. How did you convince the keeper of the cube to betray aim and defect to us? Us? You dare place yourself on par with me? Have a care, Wolfgang. "'Have a care!' "'Forgive me, I did not mean, "'but to answer your question, "'my opportunity came last week "'when the Grand Imperator of the Secret Empire, "'known as Them, called a meeting of all his units. "'Since they thought me an ally of AIM, "'I was invited to attend, "'and then I had my chance. "'Upon leaving the meeting, "'I shook hands with the Keeper of the Cosmic Cube, "'just as I shook your hand, Wolfgang, "'and at this point... The Red Skull's kind of coming behind Wolfgang and has his hands on his shoulders, and he's kind of got this eerie look on his face. And in so doing, I placed him under my complete hypnotic control. Exactly have i done with you, you pitiful blunderer. For I planted a miniature neuro-brain-tap device in the palm of his hand, the same as yours. Thus, having his mind under my absolute control, I willed him to bring me the cosmic cube as I now will, will you to take your gun from its holster. And Kirby has a pretty cool panel here, right? So he's, he's got a lot going on. He's got uh, the red skull, uh, obviously speaking. We see the hand of Wolfgang with a little miniature device in the palm. You see skull pointing to the gun in the holster. Um, a lot going on. And then he says, you should have known the Red Skull shares his triumphs with no one. Now slowly release the safety while I leave the room. And then he leaves the room, closes the door behind him, and he just uh, you know, decides to sniff the carnation in his lapel of his. He's no longer wearing a bathrobe, by the way, Bob. Uh, same colored suit, but uh, but uh, it's a suit, not a not a bath. Yeah, with a, a, lo-
1: a lovely yellow uh, ascot uh, as well. So, mm-hmm. nice.
0: Yeah, very nice. I shall not will your final command until I have closed the door. There. Now I need not be disturbed by the sight of any unpleasantness. And then you hear a gun go off. But at that moment, a rocket swift missile containing Captain America zeroes in on the jet, which carries the cosmic cube ever closer to the Red Skull. And you hear Captain thinking the shield ID card which Nick Fury gave me enabled me to get the ship instantly upon request and the shield tracking stations pinpointed that aim jet in the space of two heartbeats. but I only have enough fuel for another few seconds of flight. So at this point um, he's on this rocket, which is an experimental manned missile and uh, he jumps out of this and he to land onto the aim um, uh, plane. And uh, it says, then, as a zooming, roaring, rocketing skyship blazes directly over the slower jet, the red, white, and blue Avenger grimly pushes the scarlet ejector button, and, Geromino! And he lands on there, and uh, you hear a clank, clank, and uh, he says, made it. Now, if only these special magnets I fastened to my palms will hold fast. That's a, you know what, uh, I'm going to take a pause here. It's a pretty cool scene in a comic book in 1966. Right. I mean, uh, in order to catch up with this plane that was reaching to the Red Skull, he gets an he gets shield to give him this experimental manned missile that goes really, really fast, but only has so much fuel. And so he could shoot over it and jump out, land on it with his magnetic palms. Very, very James Bond-esque, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause back in, uh, what was it? 19. Yeah. This is 1966. So um, this, you know, uh, Sean Connery, you know, was in four different James Bond movies in, in the last uh, four years. So, um, you know, it's all the rage right now. So it, I don't know. It, it had that feel to me.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of uh, of the shield sort of storyline was uh, sort of inspired by James Bond and particularly Q uh, the, the the technical uh, equipment here, quartermaster to, to Bond. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, parallels, but it's yeah. still fun, man. It's fun stuff.
0: Absolutely. So he gets inside the, uh, the ship. This is the end of line, Keeper. I'm changing your flight plan. Captain America. So he turns around, he fires, but of course Cap's shield stops it. No one may interfere with my mission for the Red Skull. He sounds like a man in a trance under deep hypnosis i've got to get his gun before he and then crack he fires another gun um but it's real close to cap's face i mean it misses his face but that shot too close to my eyes the flash blinded me cosmic cube must be delivered to red skull at all costs it'll take a few minutes for my eyes to clear but i dare not lose the initiative i've got to keep him from regaining his gun somehow and now you die not yet, Mister. Not when I can still reach out and grab you, guided by the sound of your own voice. Ah, there's what I'm after—the ejector seat button. Hang on, fella. Things are getting too crowded in here. So he he finds the ejector seat button, miraculously blind, and they shoot out. This is actually kind of cool. I mean, it, uh, Kirby shows not you know the the panel, um, the escape panel popping off, and then some pieces of metal flying too, and then there's this really big um sound effect it's a swoosh but uh really cool the way the the uh already does the um the lettering here still can't see but all i have to do now is hang on and hope his automatic shoot opens so far so good but i hear him turning towards me since, since he's under hypnotic control he'll never stop trying to get rid of me island of red skull below you must not reach it alive off you must be hammered off and he keeps hitting him. No matter how much great the pain, I have to hang on. I have to. So the skull, uh, he's out on his island. And he's got his binoculars out. And he sees the, um, the parachute, the keeper at last. But with him, it can't be. And yet it is. It's Captain America. And uh, they splash down. And uh, Cap says, my vision's returning. And I could just keep him at bay for another few seconds. And he hits the keeper with the shield from behind. But um, the Keeper falls forward, and so the shield kind of keeps going. And uh, he lands in front of the Red Skull. And Cap says, the Red Skull. I didn't realize he was so close. Away with you. Guard the Cosmic Cube with your life while I finish a task I began two decades ago. The task of destroying the accursed Captain America. Not a chance, Skull. My sight has returned to me now and my reflexes are as swift and sure as they were in the olden days, when I beat you at every turn. Swine, how you shall pay for your monumental insolence, and he throws the shield at Cap. Here on his own ion, the odds, the odds favor the Red Skull. My only chance is to make him lose his temper, to battle him so that he'll fight my way. You were always a loser, Skull. Your own Third Reich was reduced to ashes by the very forces of freedom you despised. And what of your beloved Fuhrer? He took the coward's way out while the Allied planes reduced his fortress Europa to smoking rubble. No, no, those are lies. Do you hear me? All lies. The war has never ended and never been won. It was only the first battle that we lost. So long as evil lives to muster the forces of bigotry, greed, and oppression, the fight goes on. So long as men take liberty for granted, so long as they laugh at brotherhood, sneer at honesty, and turn away from faith, so long will the forces of the Red Skull creep ever closer to the final victory. But first you and those of your ilk, you who have made men remember their heritage, their ideals, you must be forever destroyed. It's working. He's forgotten himself. He's attacking like a barroom brawler. And that gives me the opening I was hoping for. So Cap knocks him knocks him and then comes back to the next panel with a big right upper cup and just nails him but it'll take more than a sunday punch to beat him he's wearing protective armor under his clothes i could feel it so then red skull laying down on the ground he's thinking to himself i was a fool i allowed my hatred of him to rule my judgment the red skull need not resort to mere hand-to-hand combat I have other ways, far, far better, far deadlier ways. Where he is merely clever, I am supremely cunning. I shall use his own strategy. He hoped to make me throw caution to the wind by appealing to my emotions, by playing on my pride, my ambition. But two can play that game. Captain America also has an Achilles heel, and I'll strike at it now. You have not won all our battles. The greatest defeat you ever suffered was engineered by me. Did you never suspect when your young partner, Bucky, met his death at the hands of Zemo, Zemo was merely carrying out the orders of the Red Skull? And Cap's shaken. You can visibly see him shaken here. You, you know about it. Then you were the mastermind. Though it was Zemo who caused the death of Bucky, he was nothing more than the puppet, a puppet of the Red Skull. Cap says, but now after all these years, I have a second chance to avenge that death, and I will not fail no matter what the cost. Fool, you reacted just as I had hoped. Once again, I have proven to be your master in deceit. And just then, his his coming out from his his suit is this big, like, big uh, puff of, of... gas versus cloud and it says whoosh and so i mean the, the cloud so much that you don't even see cap and skull and caps thinking gas gushing forth from within his shirt red skull says when your coughing subsides you will rise to acknowledge the red skull as your master for as long as it may please me to let you live if you're in your fit of anger which i so cleverly provoked "'You forgot the many devices I wear concealed upon my person, "'devices such as this stun gas emitter, "'to which I am completely immune, "'thanks to the insulated skull mask I wear. "'But why waste any more time on you "'when I shall soon hold the entire world "'within my merciless grasp? "'The cube, bring me the cosmic cube. "'I so command. "'I hear and obey, Supreme One. "'At last, it is mine, the ultimate weapon, "'the ultimate source of power.' the only such artifact known to man which can convert thought waves into material action. And you can see as the the uh, cosmic cube is glowing in the, his helper's hands, the uh, skull's reaching for it and the glow is uh, just all over skull's face. And all you see is the eyes of the skull just burning with, with a kind of a lunacy as he's just so... Uh, enamored with this cube, it is, and he, he, he gets it. He clutches it. It is the dream of every conqueror since the beginning of time: the ability to have every command, every slightest wish, instantly, infallibly obeyed. From this moment on, the universe itself must be bent to the supreme will of the Red Skull. And now, to give it its first test, you have served your purpose. I have no longer need of you. Therefore, begone. Consign you to another dimension and boom, it just zaps them away. Note to self, Bob uh, don't work for the Red Skull, it doesn't end well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't care what the benefits are, it, it doesn't really ever seem to uh, lead to retirement.
0: No, it really doesn't. Yeah, no, if you want good benefits, you need to go work for the Serpent Society, they have uh, health care and dental i think they have a 401k too
1: that's right they do yeah yeah
0: and then red skulls there is nothing nothing i cannot do nothing nothing it's a lot of nothing (laughs) he just said nothing three times in the the span of six words um and he's he's uh using his hand and he's raising a boulder and he says the boulder displeases me (laughs) let it defy gravity Let it rise until it's out of sight. And Cap says, the way he ignores me, it's as though he's beyond any harm. And no wonder, with that cube in his hand, he he only needs to think of something and it happens. He's no longer merely a dangerous foe. To all intents and purposes, the man who's slowly turning towards me now has become invincible. Continued next issue wow wow all right so we see that's a cliffhanger rick you know what if i was a a a young lad in 1966 waiting a month i don't know if i could do it you know if you think back i mean you think of
1: like uh now how many times uh, the cosmic cube or versions of a cosmic cube have have appeared in uh, in marvel stories over the decades i mean you, you gotta admire the the genius that came up with it this first time
0: yeah absolutely uh, i mean i know it's been kind of retconned a little bit like late late later it's known as the tesseract and it's part of the infinity stone that uh and really i mean i get that right i mean because aim didn't create stone they created the device to kind of harness it and make it you know usable as a weapon right so that's really what aim created uh here well there's been i mean there's been uh well gosh i
1: i've lost count how many how many uh, cosmic cubes there have been uh and how many times you know they've been reconstituted up and up until you know this almost uh, well not volume nine but uh but the the supreme a Hydra cap storyline. Uh, mm, you really, had to go there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I had to bring that up again uh, because he was on our top, you know, top ten, a uh, dishonorable mention anyway. um But you know, it's it. Yeah, I mean, it's this thing ha- is woven, warp and woof throughout the decades of Marvel history in, in different forms. And I, I mean, I think it's it, to, for a uh for a narrative uh, prop, you know, an
0: artifact of the narrative to have such staying power. That's that's true genius. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also it has like any good character evolved over time. Right. I mean, uh, right now it's just something where you, you hold it and you think, and, you know, something appears, but, but there was more to it, you know, over the, uh, I think various writers have got a hold a hold of it over the, the decades and, and, uh, it's developed a little bit as, you know, as you mentioned, all the different uh, variations of it. So it's pretty cool. And we're so we're reading we're reading history right now. Right. It's the uh, it's the B first time Red Skull is in modern uh, times. It's the first Cosmic Cube. So it's, it's a big story. So the title of this story is the Red Skull Supreme. It's the same creative team uh, as two issues ago. So basically Giacoya Koya is uh, back as the anchor. Don Heck is not on there. So in the caption here, it says the true hero battles on through the cause is hopeless. The prize is lost. And so it is with the gallant Captain America who hurls himself hopelessly against the victorious red skull, a seemingly unbeatable red skull, able to accomplish anything his warped brain can conceive due to the all-powerful cosmic cube, which he now possesses. And red skull here holding the cube says... There is nothing I cannot do. The universe itself must bend to my wishes. So as long as I hold the cosmic cube, my every wish, my every command must be instantly obeyed. And Caps thinking, my life means nothing. The fate of all mankind is at stake. If he isn't stopped, humanity itself is doomed. So he's rushing up to the Red Skull, who's again holding this up into the sky. And uh, I did it. I reached him. He was so wrapped up in his own fantasy, so sure of his power that he actually forgot about me. And he kicks him behind and he grabs his his wrist. And Red Skull, you unmitigated fool! You dare attack the holder of the cosmic cube? Even you don't yet comprehend how invincible I've become. But you shall learn that lesson now, in a manner you'll never forget. Let the heat of Hades surround me. And there's this big yellow uh, fire uh, just burst all around him. And Cap's like, I I can't bear it. I must back away before I'm reduced to a cinder. Have you soon forgotten? Anything I wish, anything I desire must instantly come to pass. Let my own hand emit a shattering shockwave strong enough to hold any foe at bay. It's inconceivable. He's become the ultimate enemy, the ultimate force of evil. I've got to seek shelter, plan a counterattack. But this giant tree is just... it's no use. He calls it to explode, to shower me with sharp, deadly spear-like splinters. He can make a weapon out of anything. Ha! At last, your dull brain begins to perceive just a little of my incalculable power. But while you cower fearfully behind your lamentable shield, I'll give you just a hint of the full power which is now at my command. And it's a nice zoom in on red skull's face and you see the, the craziness and the power behind his eyes power enough to afford me instant domination of the entire helpless human race I have but to wish it and I'll become supreme monarch of all of earth so here's a picture of him sitting on this throne with this uh, furred robe like a king and he's got this big helmet on top of his, his red skull then, by placing the cosmic cube upon my imperial crown, I'll be able to send irresistible thought commands to every corner of the globe, commands which will blank the planet, which must be obeyed by all, for they shall be transmitted by the power of the cosmic cube. And so now you see all these these people in, in, in the, uh, uh, this particular city, and they're all looking to the sky, kind of dumbfounded, the Red Skull has given us orders for, to, for the day. We must execute them instantly, without hesitation, without question. All hail the Imperial Red Skull. I'll transform every able-bodied man in the world into a human fighting machine with but one thought, one purpose, to do battle for the Red Skull. And then, with the most potent fighting force the universe has ever known, I'll create new, invincible weapons in endless number, with matchless power and there's a big gigantic machinery uh that only kirby really can design right it's just this huge uh gray turbine of some sort power enough to leave this lonely planet and carve a new intergalactic empire for myself an empire which shall extend to the furthest reaches of space and now there's all these ships that are heading out into space looking to continue Red Skull's commands. And so long as I possess the cosmic cube, no power on earth can stop me, least of all you. I can erase you from the memory of man, blot you into utter nothingness by merely wishing it. But that would be too easy, too simple a fate for one whom I despise above all others. Instead, you shall meet your end in a more fitting manner, at the hands of one who is your master in battle. You shall taste the bitter dregs of defeat, which you have so often caused others to endure. That is my command. And he creates this uh, out of the earth, this uh, giant uh, mud-like being. Thus, before your very eyes, I create an artificial being, powerful enough to humble you at every turn. And Caps thinking, I mustn't panic, mustn't give away to despair. No matter how awesome the odds I'll, I'll fight as if I've lived. I'll never abandon hope. As long as I remain unbeaten, the skull's victory will never be assured. The man-thing comes toward me like a puppet guided by silent mental commands. No matter how powerful he is, if I can outthink the skull, I still have a chance. He'll expect me to fearfully retreat, so I'll do just the opposite. I'll launch a direct attack, swinging him with my shield. And the skull says... I anticipated that you'd try that, but my artificial man is faster than you. See how easily he ducked under your inept, bumbling attack. The skull's right; he moves like grease lightning. And now, see how he can strike with all the force and power I mentally feed to him. Ugh! Lucky I was able to roll with that blow, or it would have finished me. Have to keep rolling, dodging. The slightest slip will be my last. And this this earthly beast keeps hurling at at the cap and and just hitting him with rocks. But then as the man thing almost imperceptibly pauses between mental commands, now, if I ever, to counterattack, this is the time. I took him by surprise, mustn't lose the advantage. Strong as he is, I have a greater knowledge of leverage and of combat tactics. So far, luck is with me. I caught him off balance, so my attack is able to topple him even the skull must be too startled to formulate a new command if i could just finish him off before he can stop me and there, in this great kirby panel he uh he, he lunges at this uh and, and grabs his wrists thus using every iota of skill he possesses applying every ounce of raw strength his steel muscled sinews can supply the red white and blue avenger fights as if never before until he's gone "'He vanished right before my eyes. "'Of course he's gone. "'Did you think I would permit any creation of mine "'to to meet defeat at the hands of Captain America? "'I wished him to limbo. "'But as for you, "'I shall never make the mistake "'of affording you an opportunity "'to frustrate my wishes. "'The sheer hatred in his eyes "'when he looks at me "'like nothing I've ever seen before. "'Farewell, you costume clown. "'Your end has come at last.' With no more than a single gesture, a mere random thought, I transmit your physical atoms to another dimension. So the circle is complete. The Red Skull is one. The world is mine. And he's he's zapping Cap. I can't let it happen. I can't fail my fellow men. I've got to play it his way. Wait, Skull, wait. If you want the greatest triumph of all, let me remain. Let me serve you. Think of it. The Red Skull with Captain America as his helpless underling? Hmm, a most interesting conjecture indeed. At that very split second, the red-masked menace halts the atom transferal with a thought, cautiously studying the limp, motionless figure who seems to kneel helplessly before him. Every day of my life, I shall have you to gaze upon, to remind me how complete, how devastating my triumph really is. You obey my every command, toady to my slightest whim. Where are the choices left me? You hold the cosmic cube. True, all true, true. So long as the cube is mine, I have nothing to fear from you or from anyone. Therefore, I have decided. I shall form my own version of the knights at the round table. They shall exist for only one purpose, to serve the Red Skull. And for the most supreme irony, the most poetic justice, it shall be you who heads them. You mean you'd give me a chance to serve you? You allow me to devote my life to your own welfare? Of course, that is the only fitting way for an epic battle to end. You'll be my personal slave till the end of your days. Thus have I won the most monumental victory of all time. And now it is only fitting that I, who am truly master of all, shall have raiment to match my power. Therefore, by the cosmic cube I hold, let me be clothed in a suit of kingly golden armor. Let all defer to the Red Skull, to the matchless master of mankind. You're like some super-powerful present-day King Arthur, but you're stronger by far, and it will be my destiny to serve as your first knight. How it gladdens my heart to witness your abject submission, your fawning solicitude. Come forth, then, defeated one. I shall pledge you to serve me for all the remaining days of your life. Repeat the following oath after me. And he holds his sword over a kneeling Captain America. Before you begin, let me kneel before you, as it's only fitting. Yes, fitting indeed for so pitiful a coward. Not, not quite so, Skull. And then the next panel, you see him leap up and knock the red skull back. And, and the graphics say, "thoom." Fitting instead for one who must brace himself for a final desperate attack. So as long as I prevent you from fully closing your fingers over the cube, its power is lessened. I'll never let go until you drop it. And he's holding his wrist so that uh, the skull can't quite get his fingers around this, the, uh, the the cube. I cannot destroy you until I have freed myself. But I can free myself. The cube still possesses the power for that. Let this island split asunder. Let us be separated in the Holocaust. I command it. And the, the entire island starts to, to, to fall apart and rumble apart. And Cap says, but I'll hold on. No matter what happens, I'll never let go. You must let go. You must. I can't be cheated of my supreme triumph now. Can't hold on any longer. The island is splitting us, as he commanded. Only one chance, now or never. I've got to knock the cube out of his hand before I lose him. And so he lets go, and he gets his shield and knocks the cube out. the cube! The cube! And the cube falls into the ocean. And Skull jumps in after it. I can't lose it now. It must be mine. It's my destiny. I'm the Red Skull, the master of the world. I must rule. Rule! The mad fool, he died right down among the falling rocks. They're striking him, pounding him further and further below the surface. The cube, where is it? I don't see the cube. I cannot find it. But then, seconds later, grim realization dawns as the armor-clad arch-fiend tries to reach the service once more. Air! Must have air, but can't rise, can't swim encased in all this heavy gold. The weight is forcing me down, down. Meanwhile, a weary but triumphant Captain America clings grimly to the last remaining vestige of what had once been the island stronghold of the world's most dangerous menace. He talked about irony about poetic justice and he finally got his wish for what could be more ironic than the cosmic cube which meant more than life itself to him causing the death of the red skull they both vanished beneath the waves and neither is ever likely to be seen again and he climbs up onto this this piece of rock that is still remaining of the island even now the fantastic cosmic cube lies buried beneath countless tons of fallen rock hidden forever from the sight of men. Whatever the secret of its awesome power, its return to the bosom of the eternally rolling sea, where I pray it will remain forever. And then we see the cosmic cube underneath all of the stone at the bottom of the ocean. And as the gallantly gladiator silently awaits his eventual rescue, the most powerful object Earth has ever known lies hundreds of leagues Beneath his feet, as with each passing moment the shifting tides roll more and more bits of undersea undersea flotsam and jetsam over the spot where it slowly sinks beneath the soft, bottomless sand, until naught remains save a fleeting memory, the dread memory of a fate which might have been ours, but for the valor of a man the world calls Captain America.
1: That's the stuff right there, Rick, right there.
0: That was a pretty cool story. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. It's a little dated. It's a little corny, you know, Stanley back in the day, you know, and here it is, gosh, uh, 55 years ago, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a classic story. It's a classic story of a, of a crazed man wanting all the power in the world and, uh, He has it in his grasp, but if it wasn't for the uh, valorous man like Captain America, a man who, against all odds, said, no, I I can't let my fellow man down. And with the strength of will, uh, went after and and, uh, ultimately defeated uh, this crazed, powerful man.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think, I I mean, lots of folks know that Stan Lee had uh, had a real love for uh, for mythology and often uh, uh, as did Jack Kirby and often wove uh, sort of mythological sort of themes into uh, into these narratives. And and so there's there's definitely, you know, with with that golden armor, it's a very uh, strong callback to to the Midas story of somebody who, uh, whose wishes ends up uh, being their
0: doom. Yeah. Yep. Good point. Uh, yeah. It, it definitely had some poetic justice to it. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So we finally got that Red Skull story under our belt. Um, we will certainly do more, um, you know, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this made uh, the Red Skull happy. I, I uh, uh, we can, we can only guess, Oh, wait a minute. Hold on now, I think uh, I think we we got uh, our first message already about this particular episode. You call that a red skull podcast?
1: Oh, you American swine. That's it. I will get my cosmic cube and turn you into the pig that you are. I where he's gone? Oh, there? Oh. Now, Batroc the Lipel is the greatest!
0: Leap, leap, flip! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, well,
1: you know what? You just can't make him happy. You can't. You know, and of course, we know that Red Skull does get his hands on that Cosmic Cube many times, you know, and in fact, it's not going to be much longer. Captain America, I think, 115 where he gets his hands on that cosmic cube again for the first of many more times. So uh, uh, yeah, he doesn't give up.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, what Red Skull story is going to make him happy because they all end the same way, right? Cap wins. Uh, you can't make, you know, you can't make a villain happy.
1: You no, know, I think but, that's, but, that should be on a bumper sticker right there.
0: Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Although Batrock seemed pretty happy. Leap. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Bob, you know, um, when it comes to Captain America, right? You know my sweet spot. What's my sweet spot, Bob?
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely the 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 Zek time frame,
0: right? Yep. So yeah. I started in 1983, and um, yeah, that was the, that's my sweet spot. So you have Mike Zek is the penciler, John Beatty the anchor, Bob Sharon the colorist. And uh, J. M. Dematteis as the uh, the writer. And Bob, I can't be more excited to announce our next episode is going to be an interview conversation with none other than J. M. Dematteis.
1: Yeah, that's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, when you uh, when you called to tell me, uh, uh, you squealed like a schoolgirl. So I mean, I knew this was, this was <laughs> going to be big news.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, I I really was when he uh when he and he said, Yeah, I'd love to talk to you guys. Um uh so we've got this uh that's gonna be our next episode. And uh, you know, yes, listen, I get that De Mateus has is a storied writer, right? I mean, he has been uh on some classic stories. I know a lot of people point to the Spider Man story, Craven's Last Hunt. Some of my favorite books uh, from D.C. were uh, that that hysterical run uh, on Justice League International, where he and uh, Keith Giffen were, were part of that. Um, I mean, we could go on and on, but we're not talking about those because this is, again, the Captain America comic book fans podcast. So we're going to talk to him about his three year run and his 30 plus uh, issues that he did during the early 80s. And uh, he's going to take us through those. And um, we're going to reminisce and uh, ask some, some, some stuff that I've always uh, wondered about. And I can't wait to talk with him.
1: Yeah, this is going to be super, super exciting. So uh, if, uh, if you're new to the podcast, or you've been a, a devoted listener since the beginning, this is one that you definitely want to put on your calendar.
0: So, Bob, you know, just uh, as a reminder to all of our listeners out there, uh, we really do appreciate your support for this podcast series, right? Um, we've uh, we we have people who have uh, gone on to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and, and left us five star reviews and and left us um, comments there. Uh, of course, we we get the feedback into the uh, Captain America comic book fans facebook group uh we appreciate that we appreciate uh, all the support that we get so um thank you for doing that and uh you know always uh please rate review and subscribe um new episodes come out every wednesday and then sometimes we have bonus episodes where we'll have uh an interview on a saturday so um so thank you for your support on that so bob as always uh, i've enjoyed uh, had a blast wrapping cap with you
1: yeah this has definitely been one for the record books rick
0: all right. Well, I'm Rick forbanus He's Bob Lucius. And this has been another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast.